All right, good morning. Wow, good morning. <laughs> good to see everyone here. I'm Mike Balin, pastor here at Gayton, and uh, just excited next weekend to have Richard and his family here. I know what you're thinking. Some of you are probably thinking this. I'm thinking it. Um, what does it mean that he's coming as the worship arts pastor? And what that means is basically he will be kind of the, the overseer of our worships program here. What it doesn't mean is that we lose Victoria, because Victoria is awesome, and the praise team is awesome, and so we're just so excited to have them. And that doesn't change any of that, um, but we just have a new person that's going to help us in, in a lot of different ways. And so we're very excited for Richard and his family, and we're excited about what God is doing here at Gayton. Um, just a lot of really cool stuff. And um, as we start... I uh, just want to let you know, this week we had a group of guys get together and go to Publix and um, had a dinner together, and then we went shopping to help uh, fill our food pantry, and I was told this is the best that these guys have ever done, like they did it the right way, and it, I'm really excited for that, and so uh, what, a, what a praise that God is moving, he's doing a lot of great things, and then in two weeks we have Feed My Starving Children. And so there's just so much here where God is giving us opportunities to serve him. And that's why we started the year off with a series called A New You. And we started it off with a new focus. Some of you were here, and I was trying to use my painting skills, and, I, and I'm trying to still keep up with that. And um, if you were here, you remember that the painting was ruined um, because someone spray-painted a circle on it, and it changed everything. And in life, there are times when things happen that change everything. And um, putting our focus on the Lord, even in the middle of that, putting our focus on Christ um, is what we were created to do, I believe. Uh, and then last week, uh, if you weren't able to be here, you can go watch the video, uh, I believe it's on YouTube, of Josh sharing with us rhythms. And I think that's important, the idea that uh, God has created a universe and he's created our lives to have rhythm and, and rest. And we're not just to be doing and consuming all the time. Sometimes we're to rest in the Lord and to have those moments of... Um, just re-energizing. And so I'd encourage you, if you weren't here, please go back and check that out. Today we're talking about new priorities, new priorities. And I'm going to share with you three priorities that Christ gives that might be helpful for you. Um, but before we go there, uh, as I was watching social media the last couple weeks, maybe you've done this, um, the, the hashtag 10-year challenge. And so where you were in 2009, and so I'm like, all right, Let's, let's be uh, uh, up to date on things. So here's me in 2009. Um, I was a youth pastor in southern Florida. And uh, I think the whole point of the, the, the picture is to look back and, and see how bad you've aged over the last 10 years. Um, but I look back at this, and this is an exciting moment in my life. It was a lot warmer there at that time. And so that's a, a contrast for me now. Um, but I look at that picture, I remember those students and being a part of their lives. And, and I think, as I think about this idea of why do we do this, this challenge of looking over the 10 years and seeing how so much has changed, I think, you know, it can reveal a lot about our priorities, what matters to us. If what really mattered to me was how I look, um, I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, I haven't grown any taller since 2009. Um, I, I'm not going to tell you if I've grown wider since 2009. Um, but if that was my priority, my priority was appearance or my priority was what everyone in the world seems to care about, um, I would probably be failing uh, and my priorities would not be helping me. And so this morning, I just want to dive into that question. What are your priorities? What do you value? What is important to you this morning? What matters to you? 
What do you spend time on? What do you put time aside to do? What is the focus of your life? Because even when, uh, you can put the picture back up just real quick. Even when I look at that picture, it's a little deceptive. You think, man, Mike, you love Jesus your whole life and, and that you were always, you know, telling people about Jesus and you're loving God. No. I would be honest with you and I, and, I, and I feel like it's important to be honest in church. I haven't always loved Jesus first. And my priorities have been out of whack a lot in my life. And that's why I think it's an amazing thing to be able to look into God's word and allow him to speak into your life. And even when you feel like, man, I have failed and failed and failed, he still says, it's okay, I love you. Now follow me. And so this morning, I want to dive into that idea and ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. How do we prioritize our lives? What will be our priorities in 2019? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for life. We thank you for, for just the opportunity to sing to you. Man, it's amazing to sing and to, and to hear other people singing and knowing that this is for you and, and that we're worshiping you and we're experiencing what we'll be doing forever with you. And Lord, I just thank you for that this morning. I thank you that we have words that have been recorded thousands of years ago that were inspired by you, that will transform our hearts, will transform our lives, give us perspective, um, give us clarity in how we can live our lives. Um, Lord, I, I thank you that you don't, you're, you're speaking to us. And this morning, as we've gathered here, we got up and came here, Lord, I pray that all of us, whether, whether there's someone here this morning, Lord, that just is really skeptical about all this, um, to someone who's struggling this morning, to someone who feels great in their walk with you, wherever we are in our lives, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us directly, that you would encourage us where we are, and Lord, that you would direct our path as we move forward. Lord, speak to us, let it be your words, let it be your thoughts, and, and let it um, work in our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be reading out of the book of Luke. Luke was a doctor, and Luke um, wasn't really an eyewitness to any of the things that happened with Jesus, but he hung out with the eyewitnesses, and he took those accounts down so that we could have some information uh, about Jesus, and it could be verified. And so this book we're looking at, it's Luke chapter 6. I know it's a little bit dark, but you have phones that light up. So if you want to go to there on your Bible, you can, or it'll be on the screen behind me. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6 verses uh, 12 through 19. Before I read them, um, I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you think about your priorities, you think about why you do what you do, there's just so many things, isn't there? Like if you were to list all the things you're doing in your life right now, if you were to list all the things that take time, energy, and effort, all the things in your life that, that you have to put priority, and there's a lot, and it can be very frustrating, and it can be very um, uh, discouraging, to think about priorities. And so before we dive in and read this, all I want you to do is just close your eyes. It's already dark in here. Don't fall asleep. If I was to ask you right now, what are your top three priorities? What, do you, what would you refuse to let go out of your life? What do you value more than other things? Why do you make the decisions that you make? And be absolutely honest. You don't have to say it out loud. This is in your mind. This is in your heart. This is you talking to you. What are your top three priorities? What are the things that define you? What are the things that are important to you? All right. All right, wake up. No, <laughs> 
All I'm offering to you this morning are three priorities that Jesus offered his disciples, that Jesus offers every single one of us. And um, as we go through them, there's an easy way to remember them because um, they're directional. There's up, there's in, and there's out. And all I want to do this morning is to look at Scripture, see how Jesus lived his life, and then allow that to be an option for you to consider this morning. Something to evaluate what those three things you had in your mind against. And so here it begins. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. This is the up. It was at, that, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Jesus' first priority was his relationship to his father. Jesus' first priority in his life that defined him, that, that I believe he wanted to be the ultimate example. If there's nothing else you learn about him or about what it is to be his follower or what the Bible teaches is that the relationship of up to your father is the most important relationship in your life. It defines all other relationships. It defines all other decisions. But I'm going to be honest. I should. I was going to be honest with you this morning. I'm going to tell you that if I was there with Jesus and Jesus, he's like, hey, tonight, uh, Mike, I want you to come with me. We're going to go up into the mountain and we're going to pray all night. I'd be like, is there going to be food? <laughs> like, are there mountain lions? Um, we're going to, you know, what kind of prayer are we doing? Because I value sleep and sleep is one of my priorities. Right? And so here I have this contrast between um, how I really feel and the honest me versus what Jesus is doing. And, and, and as we look at these, I think, let's be honest, how many of us have ever spent a whole night in prayer, a whole night where we're just talking to God and listening to God and just saying, God, speak to me, and then being honest with God about our lives and saying, God, I'm frustrated with this. Why are you letting this happen? Why is this? Um, why can't this happen? How many of us have ever been in that place where we're so deeply in love with God that, that we, would, we would say no to a lot of stuff and only say yes to that relationship and, and make that relationship the, 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 the cornerstone or the very, the very heart of our lives? If you're like me, you grew up in church where they talked about this a lot and they talked about how, you know, you got to love Jesus and you got to love God and, and you got to let your decisions live into that and, and it's really important and, and you would hear people who really love God and it was really hard to, to relate for me when I was young to those people. I said, you know, I can love football and I, and I can love fun, but it's really hard to love God like that. Is that even possible? And maybe you're here this morning and you're just questioning, uh, if you're telling me the number one priority in my life needs to be this upward relationship with God, that that has to be the number one, I don't know if I can do that. Because if you know what I think about, if you know what I look at, what I listen to, the, the things I surround myself with, you would understand why I can't make that my top priority. If you really knew me, because I really know me, you would know that this idea of making up relationship with God my top priority in my life, that worship of him with my life, um, I don't see that happening. 
And that's why I believe it doesn't end there. It doesn't just have Jesus going up into the mountain and praying and, and showing how his walk with the Lord and who he is is, is, is this amazing person. He's, he's God made flesh. It, it continues on. It gives us some more perspective. In verse 13, it says, and when, it, and when the day came, he what? What did he do? He called, right? He called. He went after them. They didn't go after him. He called them. He called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them, who he also named as apostles. And here's where they're named. Simon, who was also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot. Judas, the son of James, who was also named Jude, and Judas the Iscariot, who became a traitor. Really rough if you're recorded in the Bible as a traitor, but that was his situation. Now, you just read those names, and that, okay, great. Why did, why did Luke record that? What is the value of that to me? Well, here's what I want to share with you, that when I learn about these guys, it gives me hope for myself. Here's why. Peter was a fisherman. So he was not, he probably was poorly educated, if at all. And from what we gather about Peter, he was, he's the kind of guy that had the best stories in college, right? He's the kind of guy that was just, he was fun to be around because he was like, ready, shoot, aim, right? His life was I'll give you a scenario in the Bible that we're told about that uh, they come to arrest Jesus and here comes uh, the Romans and here comes uh, the high priest and the high priest have these servants with them and he's so mad. He's like, how can you do this to Jesus? He takes his sword out. He jumps on a guy and cuts his ear off. Have you ever cut anyone's ear off? Raise your hand if you've cut someone's ear off. You shouldn't, we got to make sure that's dealt with. Um, but that was him. He was passionate. His life was just like, all right, Jesus is walking on water. If he can do it, I can do it. And would you ever, even if you saw Jesus walking on water, would you think if he can do it, I can do it? I would never think that. But that's the kind of, the, the kind of guy Peter was. He was just, he was, uh, you know, impulsive. He was passionate about life, but he wasn't really thinking it through. He was just reacting. So much so that when Jesus gets arrested, the same guy he's chopping an ear off for, he's denying he even knows him three times. He's like, Jesus who? I don't know that Jesus. That's Peter. Andrew. Don't know a lot of bad about Andrew. But he was a fisherman. Four of the disciples were fishermen. That was not the high level. If, if you're God and you're looking at earth and you can come at any time at any place and you can pick 12 people that are going to be your closest friends that are going to share your message for the rest of the world, I don't know if I pick these 12, fish, four of them fishermen. James. Interesting story. James and John are with Jesus, and you can read this. Um, you can look it up later. James and John are with Jesus, and, and they're going to enter into this city on their way to Jerusalem. And the people find out that Jesus is heading to Jerusalem, and they get upset, and they said, you know what? We're not going to even acknowledge you here. We're not going to get ready for you. We're not going to show you any hospitality, okay? Do you know what James and John response to Jesus is? They're like, Jesus, you know what you need to do? You need to send lightning bolts out and, and zap all the people. That's like what my 11-year-old son would say. 
Jesus, zap them with lightning. You can do that. These aren't, we love them. Let's take care of them. Let's turn the other cheek. Let's love our enemies and pray for them. No, let's zap them with lightning bolts. That was their mentality. This wasn't the most mature group of guys. Philip, he was confused about Jesus. If you read through the sections where Philip is interacting with Jesus, he's always like, well, well then why don't you just tell everybody? And Jesus is like, it's not the timing. And, and, and Philip had all these questions because he really didn't get uh, why Jesus was doing what he was doing. Bartholomew uh, makes this statement to Jesus. He says, uh, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Jesus is like, hey, I'm from Nazareth, Right? Matthew was a tax collector. That means he worked for the Romans. That means that he was, uh, he was part of a group that was, uh, they were using and abusing their power to get lots of money. And they were connected to the government and they loved the government and, and he was a tax collector. And Thomas, he was a doubter. He was like the skeptic of skeptics. He was like, I'm not gonna believe in, in Jesus raising from the dead until I can see where he was pierced. I don't believe, it. he was a skeptic to like the 10th degree. He wasn't just, hey, tell me it. My parents told me it. I grew up in it. Um, it sounds good. I believe it. No, he's like, I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. James Jr., he was the younger James. Not a lot bad we know about him. <laughs> Simon, the zealot. He was as far on the other side of the spectrum from Matthew as you can get. He was the guy who said, we need to kill all the Romans. We need to get them out of here. The government is corrupt. This is just, it's, it's, it's all messed up and we got to do something about it. This is the equivalent in our culture today of taking the most right-wing person you know and the most left-wing person you know and, and, and making a close group of 12 and having them in there. And yet, do you realize that they loved each other? Why? Because their point of reference wasn't what they thought about the world. It was what they thought about Christ. He picked people that were not the ones we would pick. Then you have Jude, who was also confused by Jesus' teaching. And then finally you have Judas. And I don't, you know, I think it would be a very rough thing to name your kid Judas now, Right? Because we all know Judas is not, is not someone we want to be connected to. So here's the point. Jesus goes up into the mountain to pray. He spends that time. He loves God. It's defining him. After this moment, he comes down and he calls these 12 to be in his closest group of friends. He didn't pick the scholars. He didn't pick the priests. He didn't pick the kings. What he said when he picked those people is that every single one of them, every single one of us in this room can be picked, can be called, can be in this relationship with him. And that when we get in these groups and when we get into these places where we're growing, I don't have to be in a group of people that are perfect. I just need to be centered on Christ so we can grow together. 
These guys got together. They left their fishing. They, he, Matthew left his tax collecting. Um, they left the thing that defined them, and they reorganized their priorities. And they said, my priority now first is up with God, and then it's in with these brothers that I now have, even though they're very different from me. I can see that Jesus accepts us for who we are, and then he walks with us and makes us who he wants us to be. And so I'm going to live into that, and that's going to be my priority. And so from that point on, these guys left their jobs, they left their lives, and they followed Christ, and they lived in this inward relationship with each other, and they grew. And so as we look at this, there's, there's two areas where I can ask myself as I prioritize my life, is my number one priority my relationship with God? Is, is, is my next priority my relationship with people that encourage me in my relationship with God? And then thirdly, verse 17, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. And there was a large crowd of disciples and a great throng of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their disease, diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. So Jesus has this relationship up with his father. He has this relationship in with these close disciples. And then he has a relationship out to the people of the world. His relationship out to the people of the world. If I was to analyze my life and, and my priorities for a good portion of my life, I would say um, for a lot of it, it wasn't up, it was in. I was always worried about myself. Uh, my closest friends were there to make me happy, and I would use them to get things I wanted, and I didn't care about people I did not know. I did not care about the pain of the world. I did not care about the messiness of the world, and my goal in life was not to make it better. My priorities for much of my life, and I look at it, and, I, and it's, it's sad, but I see that God works in it. That my priorities were all always about how I could live comfortably, and it could be good for me, and I could get what I want. And here, he flips it all upside down, and he says, I'm going to offer you a new perspective on the priorities of your life. I'm going I'm to give you an, a new picture of what your life could be. Where I'm the most important priority in your life. And that you have people that love me and encourage you. And because of that, because of that, you can fulfill your true purpose on earth. Seth, if you would bring my visual illustration up. I think this is so important, this this out aspect of priorities. Because for most of my life, my priority was not based on how I will make an impact in the world or how I will help people. It was all about helping me. And what I've realized by studying Christ is that the purpose for my existence is not for me to be happy all the time. Like God didn't put me on earth, and I don't believe he put you on earth just so that you could experience a fun life. I think he has much more than that to offer all of us. And so right now, there is a power around us that we do not see. 
There's a power around us, and that power, for those of you who work for Dominion, you know, uh, short pump substation circuit 381 is where we're getting our power from. Okay? So there's a power around us, and here I have a lamp, and by itself, it's just a lamp. But for this lamp to live for its purpose, for this lamp to live for why it was built, why it exists, why it's on planet Earth, the first thing it has to do in its priority list is to connect into the power. And so, I've connected into the power. Now, on this stage, as you look around, there are other lights on the stage. There are other lights that can influence and increase what this lamp can do because by itself, it can do some, but together with these other lights, it allows us to see, it gives us clarity, it gives us insight into where we are, who we are, what life is at this moment. There's power and energy. And, and what it's saying is, if I connect in and I realize I'm with others and, and there's this opportunity, then I can live out my purpose. I can live out my purpose of bringing hope, bringing the hope of Christ to a very dark, hurting world. Here's what I know. <clears throat> I know as I walk around and as, as I get to know more people, we live in a very hurt place. And as I talk to people and as I experience it myself, we live in a very dark place that is desperate for light. It's desperate for light. And so when I share these three priorities, I don't share them just because I think it would be good for you to do this and and this might be a a way to get your life in, in a good place. I share this with you because I believe this is why God created us. I believe he put me here so I could love him. I could love people that, that love him and I can love people I don't know. I believe that's why churches exist. It's so that we can come together and remind ourselves it's not about just making money and having stuff and looking good. Those priorities don't last and don't matter. But this priority of my upward relationship with God, my inward relationship with those who love God, and my desire to go out and share that love with as many people and share light and hope. Um, In two weeks, this plays out because we're going to come here and we're going to be, this whole room will be different. Think about what we're doing. We are taking time out of our life to pack a bag, to send someone we don't know that we may never meet that's going to have life and energy and an ability to live. Because we are living out our purpose. And so this is it. Jesus in this small part of the Bible in Luke chapter 6 shows us exactly how to live our lives. And if you can remember three things, up, my relationship to God, in, my relationship to other followers, and out, caring for people I don't know. Then you become light when you start practicing that and you start living that out. 
And so as we get ready to sing our final song, I only have one question for myself and for all of us here. How will you prioritize 2019? How will you prioritize the rest of this year? Father, we love you. You are good. Um, You picked people (laughs) that were not perfect because um, your plan was to use imperfect people to bring light and hope and salvation to the world. And like in in Christ that that we connect to you and, and you reveal your glory. And so, Lord, this morning, I I pray, I ask you that this would not be church. This would not be just another Sunday. This is not just, hey, we're here thinking about this stuff. Lord, I pray that we would be the church, not be in the church. That we would live this stuff. That people wouldn't think that this is just a religious thing or, you know, just a bunch of people that they want to feel good about themselves, but that this is real life. That we can live this and be this and, and that you have actually created us for this, that this is why we're here. It's to reflect your light, to use that energy and power and that relationship we have with you to bring hope. Start with us. Help us, Lord. Lord, as we sing, speak to our hearts. Speak to our souls. And Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, I thank you for for creating Luke. And for Luke, his willingness to be obedient, to record your story so that we could read it this morning and we could be affected by it. Help that to continue. Help us to take those next steps. In Jesus' name, amen.